All right, my guest tonight is Jessica Peterson. We're talking about families and permaculture. Jessica is one of the backers from my book. She has been following me for a while, and this is the first time we've really been able to chat. And what's awesome is that she's been hard at work on family and permaculture in Montana. She's been attending conferences. She's been studying this in depth. And she's also someone with the education in social science that will give her the ability to really turn on chapter 14 permaculture. So let's just dive in. We're both parents. Um, I, how old are your kids, by the way? Five and nine, and they both have their birthday in September, so I guess we're about halfway there. It's pretty <laughs> crazy the double digits are already upon us. Yeah, I keep, so I have a two and a half year old, and I just keep hearing from everyone how fast it goes. Oh, um, it goes so fast. Yeah, and well, and I don't know if you are like me. I, I I imagine some aspects of our stories are similar and some are not. I started really thinking about family and permaculture, of course, when I had a child, and that really got me thinking, especially because permaculture is not—it's a never-ending education, right? And I think at least the nuclear models in more recent history are, you know, you spend your early 20s getting educated, you figure it all out, and then you start your job and you build a career and you go to work from eight to five and you have your kids in childcare and you come home and you do the kids stuff and you cook the meals and then everyone goes back to childcare or school and you go back to your work. And uh, there's, in permaculture, it's different access to evaluate the systems that we're living within and start to shift them to live more sustainably with the ecology and so you know that start that means we that means looking at the way we live the way we work the way we interact with our families and with our community very differently uh, and it puts a different value on money and balancing that with a lot of other uh, maybe less um, I guess monetized uh, parts of wealth and what does it mean to be wealthy and I think for a lot of us who got into permaculture and then had families or had families and then got into permaculture the way that I look at wealth now is more about having time with family and learning with my family and that my education is never going to end um, and I probably will never have just that one career where I go to work all day long, dad goes to work all day long, and the children are in school or with a childcare provider, you know, we're going to mix it up quite a bit because that's that idea of diversified systems, um, diversified ways of viewing wealth. Um, you still need a little bit of money, so diversified ways of uh, gen generating monetized wealth for yourself. Um, but I think the way, at least for me, that I want to be providing permaculture education and like integrating permaculture into my life, I really want to look at it through that lens of family, uh, especially while that's 
exactly what I have going on. You know, make make hay while the sun shines. <laughs> Absolutely, and I think that for a lot of people, it's it's what they're what, what they need to make make a pathway that has hope for being a parent in, in times like these. Because what do you say to intelligent children when they ask you questions about the way the world is and they're actually spot on? Yeah. <laughs> it's brutal. And, and, you don't, and they're your precious little one and you don't want to, you know, crush anything within them. And, and the only way you can do that is by inspiring them with hope. And you know you got to pair those 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 truths that are that are sharp or painful with hope, and so I, I, that's why I love permaculture because it was suddenly like, it, it, as a parent and as a school teacher, you know, I, I had sophomore years, so the kids are asking all hard questions, you know, um, and I just suddenly had all the answers um, to those questions. And it was wonderful. And it, they weren't answers that were controversial. They weren't answers that were political. It was like, here, let's be ethical. And it was mm-hmm. like, like revolutionary concept, though it's, you know, like you say, it's old. Yeah. And so when did you find permaculture and were you still teaching? And then you started giving some of that message to your students in school is that a little bit of how it played out oh yeah i just started like teaching permaculture (laughs) (laughs) um i just started like being like and then in permaculture that wouldn't be a problem because you know because we would do current events or kids would have projects and i would like raise my hand and i was like do you know that actually can be fixed you know what i mean and so, so I, cause, cause the thing is kids just get so, so bogged down, especially kids who are on the internet constantly. Cause they see a headline and they're like, there's another, well, you know what? I was, I was a teacher when all this shooting started heating up and then mm-hmm. everyone started reevaluating how to run schools. Um, and you know, I have just kind of like. I was in New York City when 9-11 happened, too, and I saw the way New York changed there, too. Um, but, like, it just... I, I, I just disagree with how they handle it, and it's not hope-based. It's, it's fear-based, you know, reactions kind of stuff. And the kids just were, like, afraid, you know? And Yeah. And, and, and they're just... Look at the world. They see the damage that's being done. I mean, the, the, the millennials and... They know, they really do know that the world is screwed. They see that, like, the animals that they were, grew up watching on, like, their cartoons, you know, or whatever on TV don't exist. Or there's, like, 2,000 left, like, of tigers, you know? And so they're just, like, the writing's on the wall, it's bad. And they all see it, and they and a lot of them are like, no hope. And I mean, I know students who went into the military because they're like, well, there's no other option. Oh no, I probably don't agree with what what you know, what it is. I'm gonna choose a pathway, and just get what I need out of it. You know what I mean? They're being smart about it, but they they don't have any options. They got good grades, mm-hmm. they, but but they they're not gonna go into debt for 15 years, and so it's like they have they, people have debt military or you know they could be one of the 20,000 kids who will get a full ride scholarship 
That's it. 20,000 kids in America. So, you know, I just, I, I just saw this whole thing and I, and I was able to give hope. And I feel like that's why I left too, because I couldn't focus on that. 100% ethically, you know, in my own right, because I needed to focus on my objectives as an English teacher. And so I could interject, but I wanted to focus on it. So I just kind of, like, undid all that, and um, now I live in the systems I create um, monetarily and um, physically. So... How do you learn about permaculture? Well, that's I I would love to answer that question. I'm also I one of the areas that I think you and I both might want to discuss since we both have families and we've both transitioned into a little more of, you know, using the uh, permaculture systems thinking to design our lives and give ourselves a little bit more freedom. Uh, so I would love to talk about that too because I think that could be helpful for other families trying to think about all this stuff. Um, however, yeah, permaculture. So my background was in psychology and, you know, ever since I was as, as long as I can remember, I've really enjoyed bringing really large groups of people together who are maybe think differently about a lot of stuff, but kind of bringing them together to find a common vision and, and also understanding humans understanding trying to understand their pain uh trying to understand what inspires what motivates and so once i got to university i i mean i actually just i wasn't super into studying like hardcore all the time that didn't drive me as much as like being with people and you know kind of kind of staging events or bringing about um different things and so Psychology just seemed like a no-brainer to me, and and specifically organizational psychology. And so, I spent you know four years just reading about what I loved, which is the study of people and the study of systems. And um, through that, I you know I came out of that with still not very much knowledge about ecosystems. I was raised in a big city in Minneapolis and um, raised with a lot of diversity and the, the concept that diversity was very valuable. And so that that was something that was inside of me early on. And I did realize, hey, I've got to get out there and see what's out in the world. I've just been in Minnesota my whole life. And so after university, I decided to join with the Peace Corps. And so I went into Peace Corps and I went to Madagascar and I worked with uh, child and maternal health. And so once more, it was, it was doing a lot of community organizing, but also what we were supposed to do was just observe the community. And we weren't supposed to come up with solutions right away. And, you know, they, they told us that one of the most common mistakes was that Peace Corps volunteers would come in and they would have all these ideas and just like apply it to whatever community they went to. And we luckily had a really wise, um, country, country, uh, country leader, I think they're called, um, no country director, country director who said, I don't want to hear about a project for at least six months. Like what you need to do is go into your community, observe, learn the language, and the community will begin to tell you what they need. And then you can integrate your, you know, strategies with what the community tells you they need. So 
I didn't know about permaculture at the time, but that's actually, of course, one of the first principles of permaculture, which is observation. And so um, I observed for a while, and, and then we did end up, it, it turned out they needed water, and the women were waiting at the well for multiple hours, and so we uh, developed a rain barrel system. Um, and then and we did various other projects as well, but one of the things that I noticed was the integration of the people in this landscape. I was in a a community in northeast Madagascar, uh, right outside of a, a bigger town called Sambava. And this is the place where you've got, you know, all the tropical plants and, you know, there's just food growing around you all the time. And the chickens are out running all around. The dogs are out running all around. The pigs are out running around. There's The systems are wild and they're abundant. And you see kids, too, who were very much involved with the both the raising of children. So you have those different um, ages of kids who are helping with the family as they're being raised and as the family's doing other things just for their daily survival, like farming, um, you know, running errands, what have you. And so I also saw, I think another thing that I noticed in Peace Corps, so first there was the observation piece. And then another thing that I that came out of my experience was this acknowledgement or um, this observation that kids can handle a lot more responsibility than what they are tasked with often in the United States. And so right. kids were real, yeah. And so kids were really involved with the cooking, with the gardening, um, with the childcare, with you know, with certain tools that I don't think in the U.S. we'd be very comfortable with a five-year-old having, like a machete. You know, I watched um, boys and girls with machetes helping to, you know, kind of hack away at at plants to, to create uh, more abundance in the gardens of the plants that they wanted, you know, sh- shimmying up the tree to cut down the coconut or the bananas or um, using knives to slice the rinds off the oranges just to have a snack. And this was all very self-guided, but it was within a system of community knowledge that allowed for those skills to be developed at a much earlier age. So that was another kind of educational piece that I came away with um, from from Peace Corps. I'm from Madagascar, but once but looking at indigenous systems and looking at kind of what comes out of that, which is more empowerment of kids within the family model. So, and then I also found from that system that that interconnected community network of people of all ages, and actually it was it was diverse racially as well because Madagascar is very unique in, in that it has people from Africa from France, from China, from India, from Indonesia, and they they all kind of made their way there and created this, you know, spectrum of uh, facial features and colors, and then they, you know, they lived together in these villages. And I, what I witnessed in that community was this deep sense of connection and and happiness, and it was a very simple life. Uh, with very simple daily rituals that people carried out with each other. 
And as an American coming into that, I was actually pretty bored at first. But out of that boredom came a came an industriousness and also a a need to connect more with neighbors and with people and share more. And so what I found is that over time I began joining in those rituals. And when I finally had to leave, you know, that those three concepts of, you know, observation and empowerment of children and community connection with that indigenous system were so strong for me that when I got back to the U.S., I, I sort of couldn't, I couldn't function anymore, like, without that awareness. Like, I, I couldn't go back, so to speak, to who I had been before. And so from there on, I just, I wanted to understand systems. Like, why were we the way that we were in the U.S.? Like, and also, pov- from a poverty perspective, I saw us as kind of spinning our wheels. Like, how is it that we still have poor people when we have thousands upon thousands of nonprofits, you know, government agencies working to cure poverty. So why were people still poor? I didn't get it. Um, and so I worked in New York City for a few years and and then decided to go to graduate school to study um, econo- macroeconomic systems mm-hmm. and how that contributes to development. And I went to school outside the U.S. because I didn't want the U.S version of that story. I wanted, we were talking about narrative earlier. I wanted a different narrative of economic systems. And so I went to a school in the Netherlands called the Institute for Social Studies. And I studied population poverty and social development um, within a kind of macroeconomic development uh, framework. And from that education, I realized that instead of all of us going abroad to solve poverty or, you know, stepping outside our own communities to do it, what we really needed to do was to understand what the resources are in our own communities and begin working with those, and especially those that are renewable, so that we can have a perpetually renewing community and no longer need to um, take from others, basically. And so then it was just a matter of finding that right system that was going to fit with that value of mine. And so when I came back to the U.S., I moved to Montana, got a job as a social economist, and two years later found permaculture. So found permaculture in 2009 and just realized that that was, that was my answer for how humans and nature could essentially reconnect and live in unison together rather than separately. And I've been on that path ever since, you know, just really firmly believing that permaculture is this way that um, not only can we live together in a perpetual system, but that, that the concept of observing, um, And for me, the empowerment, the skill building of people in an interconnected system and children uh, is really key. And then that connection piece with community. And so once again, just bringing it back to kind of the older indigenous cultures or even, you know, older probably American cultures as well. Um, 
this concept that we do really need each other. It's an integrated system. And in my mind, permaculture is the best framework for for making plans and for essentially transitioning ourselves um, into living that way again. Absolutely. I completely agree with that. And I think that it's also the best thing to teach children because it is so simple. Uh, people have talked about how holistic management is really great. I've looked into it and because no one can explain it without you having to read the entire book. Um, I don't think it's really good for children, you know what I mean? But permaculture can be understood by everyone everywhere in the span of three or four sentences. And then you can point to things in that person's life currently that they're doing that are permaculture, because everyone's doing something, you know? Um, and so, oh, and then we can point to something in their heritage that's permaculture. And so then they feel like they're honoring their, you know, their past, and, and they are. Um, so, I really feel like there's so many positive edges and intersections with the learner, with the teacher, with, uh, you know, people in need being, uh, suddenly the people that are going to solve the problem and the person who goes there to help really is, uh, going there to show them that, that their own strength. And I think that, you know, um... A lot of people, you know, it's like, well, we need stronger women. And it's like, no, we need, women always were strong. That's, that, that, that's wrong. You know, the, those women were strong. They just had been tricked into thinking that they were weak or thinking that they needed to be a stereotype or, you know what I mean? And it's like, they always had the power. And so that's the thing is it's like, we just have to put things in the right position, in the right pattern, in the right system. And then we'll see, I, I'm convinced that we have not seen what, what truly powerful women can be like in our society um, for several generations. And I think that what we're going to see in the next, with our children and our children's children and our grandchildren, we're, we're going to see things that are going to be, be so inspiring that they're going to like just catapult us into the new world and the new way of thinking and the new way of treating each other. And I think that's that, that, that idea of sustainable social behaviors and relationships really needs to come to the fore, and it, and it does start with the family. So, so what solutions, because I know you just went to this, this big conference, um, what solutions do you have, what ideas do you have for families to apply permaculture and have permaculture apply, you know, those wonderful benefits back to us. Sure. Well, so I wanted to kind of bring us back to systems thinking. It's my area of obsession right now. And when I was thinking about this and thinking about this discussion with you, uh, there's a couple of things that I did, you know, one is kind of look back at some of the, some of the theory to see, you know, what's in the current permaculture literature that addresses family. And, you know, I was really pleasantly surprised to see that it is addressed by, you know, Bill Mollison, the, the grandfather of, of permaculture and that it is uh, touched on in some other, you know, you had mentioned the the, the people piece. And there's a great book called uh, People in Permaculture by a woman named Luby McNamara. And that's a great one for accessing so some of the social systems um, and looking at 
what goes on inside, like the zone zero zero, and then applying it out to the family, for example, but also a whole lot of other areas. Um, but thinking of, you know, systems thinking, which is seeing the system as a functional whole and not just a collection of parts, and then looking at the relations between the components in a system and its environment, and then using various kinds of models models to represent whole systems and their dynamic behaviors and then testing. So kind of playing with those models and seeing what works. And I think, you know, you and I are both seem to be doing just that. You've got the permaculture student one, which is awesome. And I've been loving going through that. And I've, I have been using it a little bit, even with my two and a half year old, you know, I've been, you know, nipping and tucking, but I've definitely been using it as a framework. So thank you for that. And, um, and then permaculture two, and then, uh, something I, I want to learn more about from you is, is this the online permaculture student that you're doing because uh, I just think that is something that at least coming from you know me as a parent and knowing what my um, needs are and my constraints and my characteristics and you know what I want, you know that just seems like something that's really important to be on offer. Um, in the case of what, we're trying to do here in Montana right now, uh, my business partner, Caroline Wallace, we have a company called Inside Edge Design here in Helena, Montana, and then we collaborate with other folks around the state. Um, and so one of our collaborations is teaching a PDC this summer in Bozeman, Montana, and it's a residential course. And, you know, unlike the online version, I think there are, it's, you know, it does represent families needing to take two weeks off and come to Montana or, you know, we're, we're hoping to attract actually a lot of families in Montana. And, uh, but what, the way that we have set this up, um, in, in recognizing family as, um, a functional whole rather than just say the, and this is looking at the systems again, you know, recognizing family as a functional whole where maybe the, the father or the mom you can't take two weeks out and be away from their family for two weeks in the summertime. Maybe that doesn't work for them. Maybe it doesn't work for them um, because they'll miss their family too much. Um, you know, maybe they've got uh, constraints where, you know, they are coming to a permaculture course and the other parent doesn't want to be left with the kids for the whole time. Um, or maybe you've even got a parent that, the, the one parent needs to stay back at home and work, and you've got a parent coming to a PDC who needs to bring the kids. And so how is it that we encourage families to be able to learn about permaculture but work with the system that they are constrained by or that they're working within? And so... It's like families need it most. Yeah, exactly. Well, and we need our families most to be, you know, bringing this way of thinking um, to the children because it's not, I mean, like you were saying, it's not necessarily happening, happening in our public schools. And, you know, I think, so how is it that families can be more empowered to bring that way of living and that way of thinking to the home? Well, we have to be teaching the families. Well, how do we get the families to have the time or the ability to learn? Well, 
their biggest constraints are generally money and time. And so in the case of our permaculture course, what we're trying to do is provide um, childcare that is subsidized and also shared. So an example of something that worked really well for me, but maybe wouldn't work that well for every family is I attended a, a second PDC last summer. I went and did a PDC with um, Maureen Allen and Peter Allen at, at Mastodon in Wisconsin. And it was a wonderful PDC, but I called Maureen and I said, hey, I want to bring my daughter to this PDC. My husband works uh, full time and can't you know, he can't get away for two weeks um, so readily. And so Maureen was like, yeah, actually, you know, we've got some farming families in town and maybe we could get one of the moms to provide childcare um, for you. So that ended up working out really well. However, it was pretty expensive to pay just one person to mind my daughter. And so, and we had savings and I, you know, I decided that it was worth it, but I don't think every family can make that decision to, um, hire their own nanny to be at a PDC with them while they, uh, learn. And so one of the things I wanted to offer with this PDC is shared childcare. So having, depending on how many people, uh, need childcare and, and we are getting a lot of people, who are signing up, who are saying that they, they met, they might be bringing their kids with them or one yes. child, but basically hiring, um, a couple of childcare providers who would mind the children during the day while the parents are learning and then also provide an environment in the evenings and also in the afternoon for the hands-on activities where the children are integrated into the learning process of the families. That's so huge. That's so huge. And I know that Kim Robinson, who I had on, on last, she's doing every Friday night a family PDC and they're doing activities hands-on as a family. And they have like, they have, situations where the parents are being, you know, taught and the kids are kind of a little bit more being entertained, educationally, you know what I mean? And it's like you have to do that at times to get through the, a lot of the information, you know? Um, and that's just amazing because those people wouldn't be able to get that opportunity without you. Yeah, and I think also, you know, then we run into cost concerns as well you know that's the other piece and so the the idea that what so another thing that we're offering is that and this is something so i don't know if you've ever heard of um the draw permaculture sanctuary in northern wisconsin have you ever heard of them no i have not uh well it's there it's nathaniel and sham larson and they're pretty they're like really off-grid and they, they do a PDC a couple times a year, but it's very, they do a sliding scale PDC, PDC for, you know, a very, very low price. And it's because they are a 10 year permaculture homestead and, you know, they don't have 
food costs anymore, really. And, you know, they have a small amount of people that come and they have uh, people, They and then Sham does the cooking and Nat and uh, some of the interns take care of most of the teaching. But one of the things that she told me that they did that we're integrating into our PDC this summer is um, that they allow the partners to come and be and camp on the land, live on the land during the residential PDC. And those partners watch the kids. And she said, oftentimes, as not, it's the men who provide the childcare and the woman who attends the course and gets the certificate. So uh, that might not be what you would expect given what we've been talking about lately. But we, um, but so we're, we are providing that as well. So essentially, we are allowing, uh, the entire family to come and camp on the land. And if the partner is there and willing to provide childcare for the family, then the other partner can get their certificate. And we're not charging beyond food costs for that partner that's coming there to support the family and support the education of the other partner. Um, We're not charging them to be there, nor for the hands-on activities, that kind of thing. And so that's a way that we help with the time, we help with the childcare, and then we don't charge. Um, we don't, we don't charge beyond like the actual cost, which would be the food, uh, for that family member to be there and supporting the other partner. Awesome, that sounds great. I try to do something um, with my course that uh, encourages community building. What I do is, I say they can share my course with their neighbors in their neighborhood or in their permaculture group or in their homeschooling group or in their classroom. And so what happens is, and this, you know, was an idea I had, right? But what happens is people are actually doing this. Um, They're subsidizing the cost by teaming up with other people and splitting the cost. And then they're watching it together as a community and the kids are, you know, around the kitchen table, all coloring, you know, it's, it's really incredible, but I think it's what people need. They really need to have community. It needs to be ethical. It needs to be positive and it needs to be work-based. They need to be doing something. We, I mean, we've been spending how many decades sitting and watching things and now school and work is even more sitting and watching and, and with like clicks every once in a while, you know? So yeah. people are sick of it. People want to get up and do something and they want to do something good. And I, I think permaculture is the fastest way to do that. And, um, you know, uh, people, regardless of whether they're religious or whether they're not religious, they all, all those philosophies and stuff tend to not give you actual like examples of what you can do. And even like ecology, you know, it doesn't give you an example of what you can do to fix problems you find. But permaculture is this like problem solving lens that just is like, well, look to nature, um, look for solutions. There's always a solution. You know what I mean? The problem is the solution Um, makes you like tackle things head on. I just it's really exciting what our children are going to be learning from the get go without any of the layers of junk that, you know, I, I at least I had to kind of like peel through to like get to here. Um, they, they just start there and they build on a sure foundation. 
Yeah, and I, I, the idea too of the kind of the the patterns and that we can really look to natural patterning to and natural systems to design some of our systems. I think that's such an important message. And if if people are, you know, for instance, with your online training, um, and I'm so curious to learn more about that. I mean, I'm interested in homeschooling and um, and interested in community schooling and, and looking at various programs right now. But if there's a way to teach that, you know, observation of the pattern, you know, seeing how some of the systems work together and then starting to study that in relation to like the, your, the functions that you're needing within your own homestead or, you know, your urban apartment, whatever, you know, wherever you are, um, that you can apply the, the, the natural patterning of the ecosystem to, uh, your life and have, and it actually, there is a learning curve. I, I think we can't deny that. But but the outcome is an easier, more fluid life and also a life that where you can accept you can accept the things that don't work out as well because you know, sometimes things just you need to like accept that feedback loop, right? And and just try it in a different way. And I think permaculture is so forgiving in that way, um, in a way that our culture isn't. And that's very beneficial for families because, of course, anyone who's in a family knows, gosh, compare compare me to whatever that magazine told me or that television show told me I was supposed to look like. And, man, my family doesn't look like that. I don't know if yours does. But for me, a, a part of, of feeling like, you know, the way that we're doing things in our family is, is okay and right is by following – these permaculture patterns, um, nature doesn't, nature is perfect in all of its imperfections, you know, and it's, it's that idea of all of the pieces working together. Sometimes there are what we might call failures, but they're actually, I would argue they're not really failures, you know, and I think if we can look at ourselves and, um, and look at our families in everything that we're trying to endeavor with them and be more forgiving, uh, I think that's very beneficial too to the sustainability piece. Right. Diversity is only asking a question of the environment, right? You know what I mean? It's like, how about this and this? You know what I mean? Oh, and what about yeah. this? You know what I mean? Like, that's the way diversity works. It's just going to keep spreading. Um, and then it finds equilibrium and balance through that. Exactly. Exactly. I'm actually in a massage therapy program right now, you know, speaking of diversified income. And um, I love the idea of transitioning onto a a bigger piece of land where we can have more animals. Right now we're in a, we have an urban homestead. So some chickens and rabbits and perennial systems, but I really want goats and we do not have room for goats just yet. But so that for me, it was like, okay, how can I transition given that my work is very like heady, you know, I do a lot of community organizing. I get hired to do design work with my business partner of like city parks or 
um, you know, doing vision, vision documents for like areas that have sort of been disinvested in, you know, poor areas in the community. And so that's very heady work. And then there's like the kinesthetic work, which for me is the farming and the living more off of the land. And I want to transition to do more of that stuff. But say if we move to a, um, a homestead situation and if we're a little bit further from the place where I've been working for so long, I have to consider how it is that I will make a living, especially if we're working with more perennial systems and kind of longer, longer time periods before you see a return. And so massage therapy is something I thought, well, it's carbon neutral <laughs> to heal people's bodies through massage and you know there's you don't have a to have a whole lot of like fancy material goods to do it I mean you certainly can but there's ways in which you know it's a very ancient practice of healing um and so as a part of that education that I've been learning to transition into a more um I guess, homestead lifestyle is learning about uh, homeostasis in the body, right? And so homeostasis, which is basically how our bodies maintain like stable internal physiological conditions, you know, to me, it's, it's, that's such a great metaphor too for our earth and, and all of its systems and all of its diversity. And there is so much inside our bodies, like despite what science has found out, there is so much that is still totally unknown about how all of our inner workings are. But our body is perfect at maintaining itself. Of course, it gets sick. Of course, you know, it environmental um, pathogens get in there and, you know, and, and things can go awry. The balance can go, um, the balance can be, uh, it can become unbalanced, I should say. Uh, but this idea of the diversity piece being a part of the homeostasis, a part of sustainability, um, in economic terms, we refer to it as, you know, heterogeneous risk. You don't want everything to be the same because that means if one thing comes in and wipes out um, that same thing, then the whole system is done. You want that diversity so that so that that homeostasis, that sustainability can happen even when um, you get an external, you get an input that comes in that you know knocks out certain aspects of the system. Like the potato famine. Like the potato famine, which is when my, you know, my Irish great-great-grandfather came over here, so. <laughs> I think I had relatives that came over that way, too. Yeah. Yeah, so, and I'm, so, you're, the, the course that you're doing, it's, I'm, I guess, can you, have you already talked about on your podcast what your course actually looks like? Is it something where... It's sort of like the um, the Jeff Lawton, you know, it's on a particular time frame and everyone checks in at the same time, or can no, people just do it? No, my course is kind of, um, it's all set up. It's 45 minutes to an hour and a half each week of videos. And it's 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 it has cooking every week. It has seed saving. It has like a plant focus. Um, and it has critical thinking, coloring, um, then it has all these products and activities and, um, and, and, and research you have to do, you know, for your own, uh, your own site. 
And so it's just set up so that everyone can, if you go through it meticulously, it, it's everything you would do in a PDC and after a PDC, but guided. And so people who are afraid to do this stuff, but want to take a PDC, but are afraid they're not going to apply it because it's just two weeks in shebang. Um, this gives them this huge opportunity to just kind of consult with me um, and have me there to just answer all their questions. Um, and then they learn as a family because I have it stepped out so that it's K through 12. So that there's stuff for little kids, there's stuff for teenagers, and there's stuff for adults. I mean, if you start trying to calculate the square footage of your diet um, in a field sense, oh boy, um, that's challenging. Uh, and then if you try to convert that into the amount of energy it takes to do that, Oh boy, that's, you know, a challenge too. Um, so, I mean, like, there's so many different levels that we can take it to, and I, and I have in my course. And so, I mean, literally people are using my course as supplements in uh, public schools as their main science course for this year in, in home schools. Um, it's being used in all these different ways. Um, but basically it's designed to be holistic so that you learn about it, you eat it, you plant it, you watch it grow, you know, you go through all these different stages and steps. I try, I organize it in a traditional permaculture, um, framework, uh, the Bill Mollison, Jeff Lawton, um, framework. And it, I, I just answer questions. We have a, a secret Facebook group. We have a, a chat on the website and we just it's just always going on I'm always answering questions and it's kind of like my my public school I actually had this crazy public school where they gave your um, home number and and your email address away to the children and told the children to contact you and and they wanted you to like have this deeper relationship with your your, your kids and, and it worked great and everything. And so I just, you know, I'm just doing that with my students. And it's incredible. I'm working with people in Kuwait, people in uh, South America, people in Australia, people in Panama, people in Britain, in Canada. I mean, in Africa, all over the place. And so we're just, it, it, it's really incredible. Um, it's kind of like a community uh, where I am the teacher in that community and people can just come to my house and knock on the door and leave a message, you know what I mean? It's this digital mm -hmm. community. Uh, and it's really amazing what, what I see happening because I, there are pictures up in, the, in, in our group of generational like like you, you see the, the babies the, the the grandparents the families all together sitting on couches and they line the couches up and they're watching me and, you know what I mean? <laughs> and it's like and they're listening about fungi and soil and it's like yes this is what I dreamed of you know and and I and I know you have those dreams too and like that's the and we've seen it we know it's real we know it's natural we know it's right and we we want to share that with everyone and and that was my way of doing it I wanted to do it in a community but somehow doing it digitally made my community community so much bigger um, and it's also kind of freed me up to 
do more because I don't have to be teaching every day. Instead, I've done it and it's filmed and now I can just answer questions and add to it and continuously grow it as part of the community with the people who join. Yeah, well, I think what you're describing just sounds like such a gift to families. I'm so excited to check it out, uh, especially as I think about the homeschooling uh, situation and you know, yeah, just and, very interested in that. And you could even use it in your in your PDC. You could have the the childcare section play my videos, and in the afternoon, you guys could, or or you guys at lunch can do the cooking for that day. And then every day you could do a different uh, video, and you could just do sections of the videos because it's you know an hour, an hour and a half. So depending on the age of the kids, it might be too long. <laughs> um, and so you could you could just pick one thing out and do uh, like you know. Uh, scrambled eggs the first day and then the next day is like you could do biscuits or scones it's uh, every every week is themed so that like um, it's like a really sustainable and kind of foundational uh, food thing so they learn about grains and they learn about you know eggs and then they learn about like the way um, fermentation works they learn about food preservation you know um, so you can just do that. I mean, that's what people are doing in the public schools. They're not they're not changing their programs over to me completely, which is which is good because that means I get to be like the part where they pull out the movie. <laughs> so like you know they're doing the regular school stuff and then they're like oh it's the movie part you know and they're gonna put me on and then they're gonna do a cooking and then next week they'll do the regular school and the end of the week they'll do me again and I love that idea. So um, feel free to do that too. Uh, that's a great idea. And yeah, we're still, we're, we need to figure out what the age range is, but I, I love that idea, especially for some of the older kids, um, like kind of five and up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The little, the little, little ones, it's just, you just got to take them through the nature and show them the wonder at that point and include them in the fun, hands-on activities. That's for yeah. sure. Yeah. Well, I'm so well, happy for you yeah. and your family. You've got you've got you've got so much ahead of you, and your 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 child, and maybe children eventually have so much ahead of them. And I know that you're going to create a wonderful garden for them to grow up in, uh, both socially and physically. And it's it it makes me excited to talk to people like you because I know that y- you're you're spreading everything in all directions. You are a, a catalyst in your, in your both online in your presence in the world in that, in that sense and in your own community. And that's just very exciting. I thank you so much for reaching out. Yeah. Thank you, Matt. It's, this has been wonderful. And I, you know, just right back at you, it was so inspiring to be a part of your Kickstarter for the Permaculture Student One and, you know, a ton of my friends who were at Permaculture Voices, you know, just brought back such nice things to say about you. Just, I think my friend Zach Weiss said you're one of the most enthusiastic people he's ever met. (laughs) Oh, Zach is so nice. He's one of the most, like, like positive people I've ever met. Yeah, Zach... Zach and I were at the same, when I did my PDC and then we did an installation with Sepp Holzer at the, the place of gathering in Dayton, Montana, 
that was where I met Zach. And, you know, Zach was just one of those people I was, I was wearing to wake up at five every morning and go dig up plants. Cause we were installing all over these hugel beds that Sep had put in. And, you know, Zach just, he inspired me. He got my energy just up and, you know, he was willing to get up every morning, no matter what. And we were over there just digging up the plants and then putting them in the hugel beds. And we've been friends ever since. And I think that's one of the things with like what you're doing with having people go back to their communities and do these projects with them rather than just, you know, being in their house alone and watching something on a video or, you know, making clicks with a mouse, as you said. Uh, I think it's so important, like with these PDCs, the people that, that we connect with while we're learning about permaculture, they do become these deep, deep friends for life. And it is our community. And some of them can be far away. You know, we, I have friends in New York. I have friends internationally that uh, were a part of my original permaculture design course. And we are still keeping up with each other. We still pass through and visit and check out what the others are doing. And there's still going to be collaborations that take place that are still forming, you know. And I think that's one of the beauties of um, this shared education model and this community education model. Um, and yeah, so to be continued and it's, it does inspire hope and um, yeah, I'm hopeful. I'm really hopeful. And thank you for being a part of that hope as well, Matt. Well, thank you so much, Jesse. And is there is there uh, a website for the Inside Edge Design uh, company that you that you're a partner in? Yes, there is. It's it's InsideEdgeDesign.com, and and then we are on Facebook as well. Awesome. Well, everyone should go check that out. Absolutely for sure. Thank you so much, and we'll hopefully talk to you soon. Okay, sounds good, Matt. Thank you. All right, thank you. Bye. Bye. that was awesome i really appreciate jessica peterson coming on and sharing with us her knowledge and understanding i hope we all can start applying permaculture more in our own areas and our own lives from permaculture tonight have a great one mm-hmm.